we play the star-studded game where knowledge is king and lady luck is queen. Live from the 8-Bit Studio in Brisbane, Australia, it's the Internet's most exciting half-hour of video game trivia. Welcome to the Hungry Game Show. And now, your humble host, Brandon White. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Hungry Game Show. Thank you, Chuck Fresh, for that fantastic introduction. And the Hungry Game Show, it is a podcast testing some of the best and brightest minds from within the video game industry about their favorite game. And on today's episode, this 10th episode of the Hungry Game Show, our battle takes place in the Mushroom Kingdom, where our combatant will test his might with what some may call the greatest game of all time, or potentially of a future ge uh, previous generation. This game was released in 1996 as a console launch exclusive alongside Pilot Wing 64 and others. It was developed and published by Nintendo. We're talking about none other than Super Mario 64 and today's competitor. He needs a little introduction, but we're going to give him one anyway. He's the man behind one perfect game. Professional wrestling introduction music savant. Lead host on 8-Bit's NBA-centric Hoop Dreams podcast. Joint lead dog of the 8-Bit social media accounts and son to a very hard-working set of parents because they got him Foxtel. <laughs> you can find him on all the socials and just about everywhere else at It's Tilby. Matt Tilby, welcome to the Hungry Game Show. How are you doing, young sir? Doing well, man. Thank you so much for that uh, very, I guess, full um, introduction there. <laughs> it was, uh... That is that is how we do it around here. You know, we don't, we don't want to sell you short, uh, and we we like to oversell. But I think we landed in a nice happy medium there. So uh, welcome to the the Hungry Game Show Studios, mate. I know you're an avid avid fan of the show. Um, are you excited? Maybe you can give us a little bit of a rundown on your history with this game of choice, Super Mario 64. I mean, I've certainly got the jitters having to uh, talk about uh, this game. Like, you know, I could talk the legs off a chair talking about this game or you know talking to anyone within a five meter radius of me about it um I, I pretty much say it on every episode that i'm on for for one perfect game like it's the first game that i ever played um my my fairly rich parents were able to uh borrow a um able to rent a nintendo 64 when it came out like being able to rent a console, not just the game itself from from Blockbuster, is a those were the days. It's a they really were. The days. <laughs> it's it's a bygone era being able to rent the not only the game but the console. But yeah, one of my first um, memories as a kid was was my parents coming home from Blockbuster with this big metal case, opening it up, and and there's this newfangled contraption called the Nintendo 64, and one tiny grey cartridge uh, with a fat little Italian plumber on it. Um, a game called Super Mario 64 and my three-year-old mind, you know, still walking around almost in nappies was just absolutely mind-blown. I hadn't, had no idea what this was. I hadn't seen anything like it. And um, I think, you know, for me, it's it's such a, a critical game. Like it, it brought me to where I am today. Like I probably wouldn't be talking to you here on, on the Hungry Game Show. I wouldn't be working for 8-Bit. I wouldn't be as interested in games as I am now had I not played it. So it, it holds a very special spot in my heart. That That's huge. And um, firstly, I wanted to touch on three-year-old video game savant, apparently, playing Super Mario 64 <laughs> just out of nappies. Like, that in itself is very impressive. But 
to hear that this game has such an impact and resonated with you so much to, I guess, sort of shoot you down this game's media path is, that's pretty special in itself. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where I would be at this moment in time had I had I not played it. I probably would have been, you know, a famous journalist or, you know, prime minister <laughs> or something. But here I am in, in my, uh, my small unit, um, you know, making games content and I I couldn't be uh, happier to do that because like it, it really brought out the best that the games can offer for me in terms of a uh, an interactive experience. So yeah, like I, I can't stress enough how big a role this game has played um, on my my life and I'm excited um, and a little bit stressed. I'm getting the jitters to, um, <laughs> to come in and, and uh, test my knowledge of it. Mate, I'm sure you're going to do phenomenal. Uh, I know that you are well adversed in the the Super Mario 64 lore and how the game plays and you both recently sort of been giving it a bit of a, a bit of a refresh now with it making its way onto the switch and whatnot so I think a lot of it's going to be fresh in your mind I think you're going to do well but uh, if you feel like you're not doing well luckily you will have two lifelines available to guide you on this Super Mario 64 journey uh, bear in mind that the using of lifelines do limit the maximum amount of points awarded so the way the Hungry Game Show works is there's two main segments of the show. There's a multiple choice round where you can get two points per correct answer and you, then there's a rapid fire round where it is one point per correct answer. Uh, utilizing one of these lifelines during either of those is going to award you a maximum of one point. So we're not going to give you half points in rapid fire. You still get the full one point there, but for multiple choice, it's going to cut it from two to one. Uh, and these two lifelines you do have, the first one is called Phone My Friend where I call a random person from within my phone's contact list for support and assistance. Obviously, support and or assistance may vary because I cannot guarantee <laughs> they play games, they've played this game, or they even know what games are. So there is a little bit of a dice roll there. Shout out to Mama Loz, who was on uh, episode nine, helping Benny McJanet with the Mortal Kombat uh, trivia experience. And the other lifeline you have available is 50-50. Fairly self-explanatory. It's uh, going to take... Uh, from the multiple choice, which is a, a B, C, or D scenario. It's going to take two incorrect answers out of those and give you a 50-50 coin toss uh, to see if you land on the right one. Uh, I don't know how that translates to uh, the rapid fire round. Uh, I think it's just going to be a stronger hint. So if you don't use it in multiple choice, you could still try your luck with 50-50 in rapid fire and we'll just see how we go. No one's ever used it there. You could be the first. You want to be a bit of a pioneer, a bit of a trailblazer. You can do that. But mate, you got any other questions, comments, concern before we maybe get this show on the road? What do you think? Um, I think, I know I sort of asked you about it earlier when we were sort of setting up and signing up for this, but um, I guess I might as well ask for the the people listening at home. Um, this is purely on the 1996 release, Mario 64, and not the 2004 DS remake, correct? I do respect that. We are we are a show of the people. So uh, thank you for, for thinking of those in this situation. Yeah, it is wholly and solely around the 1996 Nintendo 64 version of the game. Cool. We aren't mucking around with any other iterations. We are going straight old school, kicking it with the, the, the origin story of Super Mario 64. So yeah, it's all wholly and solely focused around that version. So you awesome. bang on the money. Awesome. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. We're gonna get things going, maybe with a bit of bit of bit of tense music to uh to get that tension, get that blood pumping, that heart racing. So let's do it. Question number one: There are three caps you can obtain in the game by pressing a colored switch that turns the same colored block solid: the wing cap, the vanish cap, and the metal cap. 
Which of these is not a colored block slash switch that will give you one of these caps? A, blue block. B, purple block. C, red block. Or D, green block. So immediately from memory, I know that the wing cap is red. Uh, the vanish cap, which is like the invisibility one, is uh, is the blue one, and the metal cap is the green one. So uh, let's can we lock in purple? You can lock in purple. That is eight uh, bit purple. I should uh, emphasize there. Okay. So you can lock that in. That is B. Let's see if you are correct off the bat here. You are indeed correct. A little Mario woohoo there. So um. I have got some Mario-centric correct or incorrect sound bites. Some of them are short because I've done it wholly and solely from Mario 64. So he isn't the most, uh, you know, he isn't throwing around the most dialogue in this game. It's a lot <laughs> exactly. of lot of little 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 one-line or not even one-line, little zingers and like little just wah, yelps little, little grunts, emotions yeah. and yelps. Yeah. <laughs> so that woohoo is certainly a positive. So mate, well done. You are on the way to stardom. One for one. Question number two. What is the correct order for the first four courses you would tackle on the castle basement floor in Super Mario 64? So we're going to talk first course, followed by second course, third course, fourth course. So I'm going to say them in that order and you're okay. going to work out which is the right one. Yep. A, bob Field, followed by Womp's Fortress, followed by Jolly Roger Bay, followed by Cool Cool Mountain. B, bob Field, followed by Jolly Roger Bay, followed by Womp's Fortress, followed by Big Boo's Haunt. C, Hazy Maze Cave, followed by Lethal Lava Land, followed by Shifting Sandland, followed by Dire Dire Rocks. Or D, bob Field, followed by Snowman's Land, followed by Tall Tall Mountain, followed by Tiny Huge Island. What is the correct order of the courses, if you want to say worlds, you would tackle on the castle basement floor. So the ground floor, the, the first starting worlds or courses you would tackle, what's the order? Uh, so this is this is essentially the, the main part of the, the castle when you come through the main door, correct? That is correct. Okay, because when you said basement, I was immediate, my mind immediately went to C, which was Shifting Sandland, Lethal Lava Land, because that was actually obviously down the stairs into what they call the basement. Um, yeah, so I should say the, the ground floor then, sorry. Okay, cool. Um, from memory, I'm, I'm just going to run it by my mind. Obviously, Bob on Battlefield is, is number one. Um, okay, so if you're going with that, you can knock out C, which had Hazy Maze Cave to start with. Yeah. Um, Bob on Battlefield, then you go over to Womp's Fortress on the right-hand side, and then you should be able to go up to... Um, Die Die Docks, I believe, and then it's over to Cool Cool Mountain. Which okay, which of those so, was which letter was that again? So A gives you Bobom Field, followed by Womp's Fortress, followed by Jolly Roger Bay, followed Jolly by Roger. Cool Cool Mountain. Yeah, that's I, I get I get those I get uh, Die Die Docks and Jolly Roger Bay confused all the time because they're obviously water levels and who cares yeah. really? Exactly. Um, <laughs> let's let's go for A. We'll go with that one. Let's go for A. All right. Let's consult with the judges here with A, Bobom Field, Womp's Fortress, Jolly Roger Bay, and Cool Cool Mountain. Yippee! That is correct, good sir. So you are two for two. 
Um, let's keep this momentum going as we move into question number three. Which of these were not originally planned to be in the game prior to release? A, Epona, the horse from the Zelda franchise. <laughs> B, Dennis Hopper portraying President Cooper. C, the classic Super Mario flagpoles. Or D, multiplayer with Luigi as your offsider. You Which saw- of these were not originally planned to be in the game prior to the release? You, you sort of threw me for a loop by, by saying Epona, from obviously from Legend of Zelda, but I do remember there was um, like a, a sort of... There were, I think Shigeru Miyamoto was sort of saying in an interview not long ago that he wanted to add a horse to gameplay. Um, the flagpole was also supposed to be added in, in obviously pretty similar to old school Mario games but that was sort of taken away as was multiplayer obviously L is real sort of stuff but um, I'm going to go with Dennis Hopper because that seems like a a weird sort of tie in but yeah we'll go with Dennis Hopper yes alright let's check this out alright so you're going with B Dennis Hopper portraying President Cooper (laughs) you are correct good sir he was not part of the game prior to release Obviously, uh, we don't talk about that movie very much. It was quite the mess. Uh, and even Dennis Hopper doesn't like talking about that film either. And Bob Bob Hoskins. They no. are both sort of like, scratch this from our history books, please, <laughs> because uh, what in the Christ was I thinking? But, mate, you were three for three. Six points out of a maximum six points. Well on the way. So uh, a quick little pivot on the, on the scoring front. So uh, we've had nine players... Uh, enter the Hungry Game Show arena at the moment uh, with the lowest score coming from Salim the Dream on 21 out of 40. So it is still technically a pass mark, but that's the score you want to try and get over so you aren't the bottom of the barrel. If you're looking at the (laughs) other end of the spectrum, uh, in third place, we've got Benny on 34.5 points. Uh, Second place, Jamie Penning on 36.5 points. And the current Hungry Game Show leader, Dane Peavy, on 37 points out of 40. So you want to come above 37 if you can, but you certainly don't want to go below 21. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, I like my parents have always said, you know, strive for your best and whatnot. And I would certainly love to try and, and get top spot. But um, I don't Part of me wants to make sure that I can beat Jono. John Peck, my uh, okay. my Hoop yep. Dreams colleague. Um, yeah, so he's on 32.5 points. So he's in outright fourth place. So if you can finish above 32.5, you're uh you're in with a chance. Cool. Obviously, yeah, we'll get some top spot. Get some get some bragging rights. I think would be quite nice. So, question number four. It's a simple one. How many total stars are there in the game to collect? A, ninety nine. B, one hundred. C, one twenty. Or D, sixty nine. Nice. Yep. Um. I know for a fact the 15 courses with seven stars each, and that rounds it up to 105, and then you've obviously got 15 of the Castle Secret stars found throughout the game, so that obviously adds up to 120. All right, good, sir. Um, I'm going to also say that you saw into the future and grabbed my bonus point question regarding the, the hidden stars. So based off all of that math... <laughs> You are correct. So you get three points out of that question <laughs> and the bonus point. Uh, so you are on fire, still yet to drop a point. So uh, John O'Peck's score is very much in sight. 
Let's Excellent. keep this going and see what question number five's got for you. If you collect all 120 stars and return to race the penguin residing in Kukul Mountain, what will be different? A. The snow slash ice has melted away. B. The penguin gets eaten by a rabid polar bear. C. He's down on his luck because he's been forced into retirement after his early loss to yourself as Mario. Or D. He's gotten a bit bigger slash maybe a bit fatter. Uh, as much as I would love it to be that he gets devoured by a polar bear, um, it is it is D. He gets considerably larger. Considerably larger, you say? Yeah, he's a big boy. He is a big boy. Let's see what the judges say. Is he a big boy? Woohoo! He is indeed. He is a very, very large penguin, and you can still race him again. And he's, you know, it's a little tough. bit harder. It's tough. He's tough. You know, he's got that got that extra girth, so that momentum <laughs> as he's going down, you know, builds that speed up. So, uh, yeah, Mister Penguin gets a bit bigger. You know, as they say, uh, bigger is better. So, uh, anyone that is carrying a few of those uh, COVID kilos, fear not. There's hope for you yet. <laughs> All right, next question. Mips is the name of the rabbit you must catch to get two of the stars in the castle basement. The name is an acronym for what? A. Mario is pretty sexy. <laughs> B. Microprocessor without interlocked pipeline stages. C. Merit-based incentive payment system. And D. Multi-channel interface precipitation. It is either B or D. Can you read B and D out for me, please? Microprocessor without interlocked pipeline stages or D, I said multi-channel interface precipitation. I think I think it might be B because I remember that they named MIPS after obviously uh, like a, a feature in the in the console itself, it was or um, sort of what they were using, I think, to to help sort of construct the game. Um, mm -hmm. Let's throw it out there and go B. You're gonna go B, okay? Let's see what the uh, the adjudicators say on that one. You're gonna go with B. You are 100% correct. It is microprocessor without interlocked pipeline stages. And that is in reference to the CPU that the Nintendo 64 runs on. Ah, so, cool. yep. uh, yeah, Mips the Rabbit with a little uh, inside baseball there about what's going on under the hood <laughs> under the N64. You're going well, mate. Still yet to drop a point and you've still got your two lifelines in hand. Mm. On to the next question. The game manual explains the story of Super Mario 64 across pages four and five. And dialogue is color-coded to each character. Here is an excerpt I'm about to give you from the manual slash story, and there's a line missing. So I'll say a bit, give you some dot, 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 and then show how it ends, and you've got to piece it together. Okay. Mario, please come to the castle. Dot, 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 dot. Yours truly, Princess Toadstool. Fill in the blank. A, please come to the castle. I've baked a cake for you. Please come to the castle. I've baked a pie for you. <laughs> Please come to the castle. I've cooked a lasagna for you. Please come to the castle. I want to verse you in Mario Kart, you little plumber dog. <laughs> uh, 
Um, a, B, C, or D? It. This is obviously the the famous, or part of the famous beginning, obviously as well. When you start the game, the, the little postcard comes up, or the message from uh, Princess Toadstool Peach. Um, they, they use two names for that, which is weird, but. Mm. Um, it's age. Uh, Mario wants to come to the castle because uh, Peach has baked a cake. Okay. Let's see if you're on the money and can keep this positive flow going. Yippee! You are 110% correct. She has baked a cake for Mario to come and eat at the at the castle, apparently. Uh, I wouldn't have been upset if I was Mario getting invited about a pie or a lasagna. Yeah, Or any food, exactly. really. Any any type of edible, <laughs> edible thing I enjoy, I would have been there in two shakes of a bloody toadstool's tail. So, uh, yeah. Mate, well done. You are ripping and tearing at the moment at these scores. So uh, I've got a little question number seven sort of asterisk bonus point for you. For one point, tell me the colors used for at least two characters in the game manual. So for each character's like dialogue that they're saying in the manual, they've got a color specific to them. Name two of the colors attached to two of the characters. Uh, I'm going to th- go out on a limb considering I haven't read the manual pretty much since I picked the game up first time. Um, going to assume red for Mario and pink for Princess Peach. Final answer. Let's give it a go. All right. Let's see what the judges say. Incorrect. Your, your logic is right, though, because... Um, You'd think Mario would be red, but actually Toad is red. Mario is blue. Okay. So Interesting. Uh, Bowser's orange, Peach is pink, Toad is red, and Mario is blue with their dialogue. So sadly, you've dropped a point, but it's okay. You know, you're still trending very, very well. Okay. Uh, let's see if we can get you back in the winner's circle here with question number eight. In addition to extra lives, what else does Yoshi give you on top of Princess Peach's castle? A, an improved triple jump. B, an improved long jump. C, an advanced copy of Mario Kart 64. Or D, a new 8-bit Thrasher tee only available at shop8bit.net. Hell yeah. Um, When I was younger, I remember this sort of freaking me out because I thought it was whatever whether it was the jump uh, that sort of made you invincible for a certain amount of time I don't think that's the case I think it just gives you a bit of sparkle but um, it's A it's uh, like an improved triple jump you're going with A an improved triple jump Mm mhm okay let's see what the judges say here see if you can get back in the good books you are 110% correct sadly the 8-bit Thrasher T did not exist way back in 1996, so he couldn't gift him such a fantastic, fantastic, beautiful piece of clothing material there. But yeah, you can check that out at shop8bit.net. But yeah, mate, you are correct. You're moving well. We've got three more questions available in the multiple choice. Remember, you've still got your two lifelines. Uh, you don't have to use them. Obviously, no pressure not. Obviously, you're going to get more points if you don't utilize them. So uh, yeah, we'll see how we go. Okay. As is required on the Hungry Game Show, we must look back to the year Super Mario 64 was released, comparing it to its fellow peers from within the film and music industries. The year in question, obviously 1996. I'd like to know what reigned supreme at the box office and on the Billboard music charts. A. Space Jam and I Love You Always and Forever by Donna Summer. 
B, Mission Impossible, and it's all coming back to me now by Celine Dion. C, Twister, and Come On and Ride It by Quad City DJs. Or D, Independence Day and Macarena by Los Del Rio. What was the top of the charge for 1996 in both film and music? Having listened to previous uh, episodes, I made sure to do my research on this one. Um, as much as I want it to be Space Jam because I love that movie, um, it is D, Independence Day and the Macarena remix. Yes, yes. Okay, so you're going to be going with D, Independence Day and Macarena. Let's see what the judges have to say about that one. That is correct. You are 110% correct. So, yes, yeah, Space Jam came in at number 15 in the box office, chart, oh, uh, wow. box office charts, uh, generating $85 million. Uh, Mission Impossible was number three on that list at $180 million. Twister was number two with $241 million. And Independence Day was number one with $306 million at the box office. And, yeah, old, uh, yeah Los Del Rio and Macarena took out the top spot there on the Billboard charts. Uh, yeah, some some absolute bangers in '96. Like mm. I was ten years old. I was uh, in my prime watching some uh, some Space Jam and Twister and seeing guys get their heads sliced open by a, a stray blade in a in a farm shed when the Twister's coming through. <laughs> I remember all these things, mate. Good times. There were some other good movies in there. I think um, Eraser. I think was another one. Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Uh, where he uh, famously shoots an alligator and then says it's luggage. Oh, fantastic <laughs> line. Fantastic line. So. Uh, Mate, you are ripping and tearing. We've got two more questions in multiple choice. And then in the rapid fire, let's jump into the second last multiple choice question. According to game programmer Jez San, Mario 64 was influenced by a prototype of a cancelled 3D platforming game starring Yoshi, which was being developed by Argonaut Software. What game did that eventually get released as? A. Crash Bandicoot. B. Croc, Legend of the Gobbos, C, Spyro the Dragon, or D, Sonic the Hedgehog? This one is a little bit different because um, obviously Yoshi being the sort of green dinosaur, it sort of morphs a little bit easier into another green protagonist at that time being Croc. So it's, uh, it's Croc, Legend of the Gobbos. I see what you're doing there. And that methodology is way too, too easy to sort of... Uh, put together when you when you put it that way like yeah green reptilian creature becomes another green reptilian creature let's see if you are in fact correct Yahoo! you are indeed correct it is croc legend of the gobbos a very very underrated platformer on the playstation back in the it's day it's a good one but the tank controls just are an absolute pain to uh, to get around I think like three-year-old Matt Tilby would have had no issues with that, you know, gaming savant, exactly. watching Foxtel out of the corner of his eye, crushing games in off the other screen. You probably had like ten televisions in that house because oh, for sure. successful parents and you know living living the high life. Okay, last question in the multiple choice before we move into rapid fire. Okay, which of the following are not slash is not a new enemy in the Mario universe? from Super Mario 64. So we're talking about um, enemies that either previously existed in prior Super Mario games before mm-hmm. 64. Uh, so we're looking for the one that is not a new enemy. So this one, 
was in others the other ones seemingly existed in other in other titles did that make sense do you need me to, to reword that that makes yeah, sense. yeah can you just repeat it once more please yeah which of the following is not a new enemy in the mario universe so what which is not a new enemy that was created specifically for super mario 64 okay cool a klepto b snoofits c pokies or d bullies so it's not a new not a new character so three out of those four are new characters that were designed specifically for Super Mario 64. One of them has existed in a prior Super Mario Bros. game. Yep. Okay. Cool. It's um, uh, the I forget um, how to describe him, but it's it's Pokies, like the four little balls, like the little sort of upright snake thing with a little okay. horn on his head. We'll go Pokey on that one. You're gonna go see Pokies. You are indeed correct. I always just pictured it as like a dancing cactus. Yeah, oh yeah, that's a good good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, he's been a been a stalwart in in, in the vast majority of uh, <laughs> yeah. Mario games. So uh, yeah, you can't get enough of the old uh, yellow spiky dancing cacti. So mate, did you want a did you want a progress update as we've finished the multiple choice now? Do you want to know where you're at currently, or do you want to go in blind to the very end? What I'll leave it up to you. It's your call. Let's uh, let's get a bit of an idea of where I am. I am at. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, twenty-one is the the worst score currently overall in the Hungry Game Show via Salim the Dream taking on Tekken Seven, and I can tell you, you are currently above that. Okay. Good. <laughs> That's a good so, start. <laughs> uh, you're sitting on twenty-three points so far. Okay. So uh, you're doing pretty bloody well. You're only missing one point out of that multiple choice round, which was tied to the, the bonus point where logic of Mario being the color red was illogical because he's blue in the book. Yeah. So uh, go figure. Go figure. All right. You're ready to uh, get into some rapid fire. Remember, you still got two, two lifelines available as well. Mm-hmm. Let's kick it into gear. All right. Let's go. How many stars are needed to complete the game? 70. That is correct. Where does Super Mario 64 rank in regards to sales for the Nintendo 64 console? Talking from a game perspective. Well, B to be one or two from um, obviously Legend of Zelda. Let's take a gamble and go number one. That is correct. Uh, with approximately 11 million copies sold. Question number three. Before, before Charles Matinee was hired to provide Mario's voice, the developers used stock voices from what famous franchise as placeholders? Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think you've got me on this one. Let's go. Let's let's use the 50-50 on this one. See if I can get a, a better hint at this. Okay. Uh, the hint is... It is a cartoon franchise. It's it's not um, it's not like Bugs Bunny, like the Looney Tunes. I don't know. You tell me. That's what you're going with. You're leaning another way. That's all I can think of at the moment. Uh, let's just go Looney Tunes. That is correct. It is <laughs> Looney Tunes. You pulled that out of your ass. <laughs> 
What was the original working title for Super Mario 64 during development? Oh, you've got me again. <laughs> you've still got the phone, my friend, but we've also got a good assortment of uh, questions to come. Yeah, so exactly. you could use it later or you could use it now and just take a punt. Let's just go... Super Mario Superstar. I got nothing here. Sadly, that's not as silly as it sounds. It was actually Ultra 64 Mario Brothers. It just <laughs> rolls off the tongue. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> Who composed the music for Super Mario 64? That would be Koji Kondo. That is Koji Kondo. Obviously, he's primarily known for Mario and Zelda-based titles. But he's been with Nintendo since 1983. Oh, shit. And the first game he actually composed the music for was Punch-Out!, all right. During development, Shigeru Miyamoto designed a substantial amount of courses for the game, but due to space limitations, had to settle for 15. Approximately how many courses were slated for the full game? I think it was... The number coming up for me at the moment is 32 for some reason. Let's go for... Yeah, we'll go with 32. That is correct. <laughs> you got it. What score does Super Mario 64 currently hold on Metacritic? Oh, God. Um, I'll give you a hint. It's higher than 84 and lower than 97. I'm going to go 90. You're going to go 90? Incorrect. It's actually 94. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> The next question. There is a statue located in Princess Peach's castle, which has led to much speculation within the video game community. The statue has two different messages depending on the angle you look at it. The first reads Eternal Star. What does the angle, other angle read on the plaque? The other angle would read uh, L is real 2401. That is correct. And can you tell me for another point what that means or what that does it was supposed to signify uh, Luigi being added as a I guess a second player for a multiplayer mode um, people thought it was a hoax for a huge amount of time but um, obviously not long ago I think like a month or so ago it was confirmed that he was indeed in the files after that sort of huge giga leak I guess that is very much correct. And uh, funnily enough, even one of the uh, the developers and engineers actually came out and said it actually means nothing and they just forgot to take it out <laughs> in the coding. So, uh, yeah, mate, well done. That, that's a good pull. That is a good pull. Okay, next question. There is only one level to not share a music theme with another stage. What is that level? That is Big Boo's Haunt. That is correct. You are out-of-body experience right now. <laughs> the next question. The sound for Boo's cackle slash laugh was created by speeding up an existing laughing sound from another character. Who is that character? The character is Bowser. Get out of town. <laughs> Get out of town. The next question. Leaving Mario idle for an extended period of time causes him to fall asleep. If the player does not input any controls for several minutes, Mario can be seen flopping down onto his side and eventually mumbling in his sleep. 
What is he mumbling about? He's mumbling about a different types of pasta, I believe. That is correct. That is correct. And I want to actually um, get that going on here because I think it's just too adorable listening to him sleeping. 1990. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Ah, mamma mia. Good on you, little Mario. He's, I think he, uh, he does this in other games as well. I think Mario Odyssey had the same thing where you just don't touch anything. He falls asleep and does the same thing again, which is great. Sadly, at least uh, I, I very much can relate to that situation. Like if I'm idle, I'm usually yeah sleeping and thinking about food. So uh, <laughs> he's very near and dear to my heart, uh, Mario Mario. All right, the next question. Super Mario 64 marked the last time we saw a famous gesture used for more than 20 years. What is that gesture used by Mario? It's not the peace sign, is it? I'll give you that. It's the V for victory, yeah. So it is the peace sign. Uh, You are correct. The next one. Name a level in wet, dry world. It's the hidden town, I believe. Final answer. Uh, actually, no. Remember, you've got a you've got a phone, my friend, available too. How many questions do we have left after this? A couple. It's either the forbidden town. Go forbidden town. You're gonna go forbidden town. Incorrect. I'd take shocking arrow lifts, top of the town, secrets in the shallows and the sky, go to town for red coins, express elevator, hurry up. Quick race through downtown. Oh, yeah. I misread that. That's my bad. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. And the last question of the Hungry Game Show. How many bosses, including Bowser, are there in the game? King Bob-omb, Irock, the three Bowsers. Uh, Womp, um, King Womp. So that is. That's that must be six. Let's go six. You're gonna go with six? Is that your final answer? Because I guess those are like the actual sort of bosses. Because like you obviously have like big bullies that you have like a, a fight for, but. In terms of actual... I am I am including them in there because they are technically sort of mini-bosses. Oh, so okay. So I have included them in there. Okay. Just to warn you. Well, then that'll move it up to... Eight, I believe. We'll go... Let's go eight. Let's go with eight? Okay. Sadly, you are one off the mustard ah. there. It is nine. So, yeah, Big Bob-omb, Wampa King, Big Boo, Big Mr. I, oh, Bowser, Big, Big Bully, I-Rock, Chili Bully, and Wiggler. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, forgot about that. <laughs> Bloody Wiggler. Yeah. So, mate, that is the end of the Hungry Game Show. Um, you did phenomenally well. Uh, how do you feel you went before I, I give you the score? Do you feel we... Uh, you got where you wanted to. You're proud of where you wanted to, what you wanted to do today in the in the studio. I think I've done fairly well. Um, obviously, like there were some some questions that really sort of stumped me with the sort of like what what they used for voices before Charles Martinet and and all that sort of stuff. And 
Um, but you got that still. Yes, yeah, somehow. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I think I did. Uh, I, I did as well as I thought I would. Um, I just hope I, I feel like I did enough. Uh, did my my Mario playing friends proud. Well, yeah, so we, we confirmed at the halfway juncture you were above Salim the Dream and he's 21 and you wanted to get above John O'Peck who was on 32.5. I can confirm you finished above John O'Peck but did you make it to first place where Dane Peavy currently sits alone on 37? Let's throw it over to the soundboard to let you know. Sadly, in the immortal words of Hall and Oates, so close yet so far, you finished on 35 points, young man. So that puts you into outright third. One and a half points behind Jamie Penning, who is on 36.5. Dane Peavy obviously sitting at the top of the Celeste Mountain on 37 (laughs) points. So, man, you did phenomenally well. Uh, Take a bow. Pat yourself on the back. All those good things. Very well done. And some of the pulls you had there, I was mightily impressed. <laughs> it's It's been a, uh, well, a, a, I should say a couple of weeks of, of scouring IGN, IMDB, did you know gaming videos trying to, you know, get all these weird and wacky facts. And I think I've watched a full playthrough of Mario 64 about six times in the last <laughs> month and a half trying to memorize all this stuff. Obviously some of it slipped through the net and, and, and you know, that's to be expected, but yeah, it was good fun. I really, really enjoyed it. Mate, you crushed it. Anything you want to say before we maybe close down this, uh, this podcast for another fortnight? Um, I'd like to say that uh, if you've been neglecting Super Mario 64 and any of its any of its forms, I should say. Um, of course, the Mario 3D All-Stars pack is currently out at the moment. Um, I've been playing 64 more than the other two, which is just, to some, I've, I've been hearing that it's absolute insanity compared to the other two games that are there, but it holds uh, a very special place in my heart. Um, and also, you should go and listen to Hoop Dreams, the basketball podcast on the 8-Bit Collective. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it from me. Mate, it has been an absolute pleasure. Obviously, you can find uh, Matt on the socials at It's Tilby. Uh, where can they find you if you stream and uh, newfound affiliate? Where's What's your Twitch handle? <laughs> my uh, my Twitch handle is uh, twitch.tv forward slash mtilby. Uh, it's a little bit different, but uh, yeah, I'm occasionally streaming some Mario. <laughs> surprise, yeah. surprise. Very on brand. <laughs> but um, looking for some other games to play as well. I just picked up Star Wars Squadron, so I'm going to be hopefully jumping into that so i might play some of that tonight if you're about it's so good yes get star wars squadrons it's it's my favorite thing (laughs) right now thank you 8-bit nation for stopping on by the hungry hq studios it has been an absolute hoot seeing matt tilby work his way to outright third in the rankings be sure to rate review subscribe us all on the itunes the spotify's all your podcast players of choosing because those ratings reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts follow us all at we are 8-bit and follow myself at Brendan 8-Bit. But until next week, 8-Bit Nation, may your answers be true. And keep dreaming. <laughs>